You're listening to Thinking Biblically. Hello again, everyone. This is Alan Gilman with Thinking Biblically for another week. This week, we're going to be talking about COVID or a particular aspect of it that I trust you will find quite helpful. Uh, before we get into the, the subject at hand, don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel as well as press the notification bell so that you don't miss a single episode. Uh, feel free to email me at any time with your comments and questions. You can write to comments at torabytes.org. And also feel free to leave comments in the comments section below. Uh, anyway, there's a particular aspect of this whole COVID thing that I've been struggling with, and I suspect many of you have been struggling with as well all the way through. And so I'm going to share some my own story and, and then get into a biblical perspective of this particular area that has to do with COVID and, and not just COVID. Uh, so there, there's two main areas that I feel somewhat equipped to address. Uh, the first one is what I call the fear factor. It seems to me that fear has been key in how COVID has affected most of it and has actually driven the way we've related to this whole situation. Uh, and I feel somewhat an expert in the area of fear, which I'll explain in a moment. Uh, the other aspect, but I hope I get to maybe next week, or if not an, another time soon, and it's how do we relate to all the government regulations and, and just relating to authority in general. Uh, I don't believe that we can do that, understand how to relate to government from a biblical perspective, without first addressing the fear factor. When COVID began to become a thing uh, last uh, a year ago, March. Um, I was thinking of, of putting together some sort of talk and it was going to be some sort of uh, a hypochondriac's guide to COVID-19, something like that, because I do struggle with pretty serious hypochondriatic tendencies. Um, maybe I'm overly empathetic, but I just need to hear about certain diseases and I could start I could start manifesting symptoms. Now, I, it's a little difficult to share that with some, some of you because there's kind of two groups of people in the world. The people that completely relate to this level of fear and particularly fear of sickness. And then those of you that don't. And we do have to share this planet together. And so I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not proud of the fact that fear is an issue in my life, not just with regard to sickness, but with regard to a lot of things. I'm not, not proud of that, uh, but it's something that I, I do struggle with. And so when the the hearing about the possible pandemic is coming in this terrible disease, and then when, when things got really bad, some of those horrible stories we were hearing from New York and Italy, do you remember that from at, at the beginning, uh, early spring last year? It was pretty frightening, and um, I'm I have an issue with sickness anyway. It it seems to be somewhat related. To, it goes back to when I was six months old. I almost died of the croup. Um, I, of course, I don't remember that, but it became part of my personal family history. I was reminded. Uh, my mother would remind me of that on an ongoing basis, and it, that, along with the fact that I was the uh, the baby of the family. Uh, might have fueled her own fears and her babying of me. And so it didn't take much. If ever I had a little tickle in the throat, I'd get to stay home from school, which I often preferred. So I, go, I, would, I would rather stay home and watch 
TV than, than, than be at school. And I won't get into all of, all of that stuff. Uh, but this, uh, this sense that I was, I was weak, that I was sickly and, and that I, I had to be afraid of it. Uh, was part of my early development. And so as a result, I've had to struggle with that ever since. And, uh, and so something like this horrible, deadly disease uh, called COVID that was beginning to engulf the world uh, had an emotional effect on me and it's been very, very difficult. And so, um, so when, when the COVID restrictions began March of, of last year, uh, there was people were still getting used to what was going on. And, and I was, I had back in January, I had some surgery on the back of my neck to remove a, a good size mole that was malignant. So I, I had melanoma skin cancer and I was getting ready for further investigative surgery for those of you who are interested in those things to check out my lymph nodes uh, to see if this cancer had spread so when the restrictions began to to happen in our area here in, in ottawa canada um some of my family was very concerned that i was in the high risk category my wife and i are both in our 60s and so th- Remember, again, we, there's so much that we didn't know at the time. And so they were very concerned. So uh, basically, we did a, an almost a full quarantine for the, those first two weeks. Because at that time, even though I, I, I had this fear of sickness, I really didn't think it was so bad that we had to stay away from people. But members of our family were quite concerned. And so we, um, we, we listened to them and we were very, very careful. And... As the weeks went on, there was more and more concern and more restrictions happening. You remember how it went. First, there was no masks, that we shouldn't wear masks, and then we were supposed to wear masks. And and here in the province of Ontario, um, we've been one of the most restrictive jurisdictions uh, in the world. I know some places have been even more so, but we've been very, very restrictive, especially, especially in North America. Uh, so at first I had a little difficulty with that, but then once I thought I understood what was going on, um, I thought we should be very careful. And I also have a, a high view, as many people do, those of us who love God and, and believe his word, uh, understand that we're supposed to obey the governing authorities. And they were saying that we were to not do this and not do that and not do the other thing. And I believed in listening to them. And so... Uh, at that time, we weren't supposed to have people over, even in our own families. And eventually, uh, our premier, the that's like a governor in the United States, the premier of our province, decreed that we were allowed to create these bubbles, as they were called, where we were allowed to intermingle with one other household. Now, we have a big family. Many of you know we have 10 kids. Uh, they're, by November, they're all going to be legal adults. And um, so our, our kids are grown up, um, but we have a big family and, and many of them at the time were living in Ottawa. And so it's quite difficult for us to just try to stay, uh, stay away from all our own kids and our grandkids. Um, but not too far from where we lived, one of our, uh, one of our children, and they, at the time, four grandchildren, now five. And we thought it would make sense that they'd be the ones that we would bubble with as it was as we were calling it back then uh, my wife would go there at least once a week to to do stuff with with the grandchildren and so uh it, like i said it made 
the most sense. But by that time in the COVID story, uh, uh, my son saw the negative effects, all this distancing um, and isolation, rather, was having on their children. And so they had made a determination that they weren't going to abide by that the bubbling rules and that if they might have friends over and they weren't going to tell their children not to go towards other people because they thought that was would be damaging to them. And I, I don't want to get into a lot of those kinds of factors, but I certainly understood where they were coming from. But because they had made that decision that they were basically going to be more open with their household. And I believe that one, we need to be careful because of this horrific deadly disease. And two, we, we as good followers of Yeshua need to listen to the governing authorities. I, we can't mingle. We could mingle with them. And that's what I told my wife, how I was totally uncomfortable with her going over to see the grandchildren. Well, I got to watch my wife shrivel uh, emotionally as she wasn't able to go over to our son's house. And it was it was awful. And I really, really struggled with it. I saw what was happening. I, I was insistent that we had to do the right thing. We got to do the right thing. Um, but the right thing was was harming her. and uh, And so I found that very difficult. And I might be messing up a little bit of the timeline, but as the, as the weeks went on like this, uh, we're now in this, it was around this middle of summer or early summer, um, doesn't really matter, uh, but we get this call from another one of our children that her and her husband were coming over to, to talk to us about something. And at that time, we would only have them on our back deck. We would not have them inside the house. And uh, so we met on the back deck because it's COVID and we had to stay outside and, and all the rest. Um, yeah, and I remember those early days visiting the grandchildren by talking to them through with the screen. I'd stand outside. And anyway, I don't want to get too lost here. And so um, they, they came and my daughter looked really, really upset. And she brought the news that uh, a young family friend had committed suicide. And uh, it there might have been a, a related covid factor that's not the point uh it was horribly tragic uh that this young woman would would do this and um it affected different ones of our family in in different ways and um she asked there we are on the back deck i think it was just at that point it was just me my wife her and her husband and we were negotiating whether we should be allowed to hug one another to comfort each other and they were especially concerned about certain others of our kids that were closer to this young woman, that they were going to need emotional support, being together, being able to hug one another. And I was being asked as the dad if I would give permission, especially with the two of the of our of our kids that were still living with us if they would be allowed to intermingle with the rest of the family and it was just the whole thing was so bizarre to me it was so tragic it was so sad um and yet i was still holding my fear about covid and my concern that we do the right thing vis-a-vis -vis the government and yet i'm being faced with this request and how could i say no and so then uh 
our son who was living with us and an older son, remember there's so many because <laughs> there's 10 of them, um, they were out uh, and so they, they came to the backyard. They hadn't heard what happened. It's explained to them that this young lady committed suicide. And again, there's this, is there permission to hug one another? Um, and so our, I guess our 16-year-old at the time gets hugged by by the various one family members. And I'm just feeling pretty emotionally detached and I'm kind of messed up by, by all this. And I'm standing next to my 16-year-old and he looks at me and he says, that's the first time I have felt loved since COVID began. And like, what, what like, what? And I'm seeing, and so one of the things for me, and again, just like we're all different with regard to the fear factor, one of the things I learned about myself over the COVID time is how much an introvert uh, I am. Um, however, that's properly understood. It doesn't really matter. The fact is I learned that for the most part, I'm okay all by myself. Like here, I have this big family, all the commotion that we've uh, experienced in, in, in all these years, and yet... Um, I'm okay. I'm, I'm in this windowless basement room where I've done a lot of my videos and sermons and seminars and now thinking biblically. And for the most part, I'm okay. Um, I, you know, I come up for air sort of thing and then I come back and I come back here and I could spend hours and hours and hours. It's probably not good for me, but let's not get distracted by that. Um, so this is one of the things, the difference between me and my wife and maybe in your relationships, uh, your marriages and with your families is some of the same thing that uh, one of you is more like me, ah, it, especially those of you that are germaphobes, like the, the COVID regulations are, are, are almost heaven for you, waiting for the time where everyone was going to be so careful. Uh, but then there's others that need people and they need close proximity to people and they need to be touched and they need to be hugged and they need to, they need gatherings and, and like my wife, uh, over the years, I've learned how much of an extrovert she is. Being with people gives her life. And uh, so between not seeing the grandchildren, not seeing other members of our family, and, and, and watching what's happening to her, same thing for my son, uh, the, the younger one that I mentioned, the, the, what was happening to him as a result of this lack of contact and lack of affection. Um, and yet, of course, for many of us, the concern about COVID has been trumping everything. And so, uh, and it seems to me that the thing that has been fueling all of this concern, all of the restrictions, all the, uh, the drive to be vaccinated, and I want to stay away as much as possible from getting into a lot of those details, but it's this fear factor that has driven so much. Now, you know, when when I'm I, part of my routine, and I can't believe how routine uh, I, I I can be, and I'm okay with that. I have these walks, and my variety of the walks that I do is in the morning I go in one direction, and in the afternoon I go in the other direction, and I'm good with that. Same route every day. Um, and it's been like that for a year and a half. There's a few exceptions. One of the things that's broken my heart, and, and I can't. Uh, I don't know these people's stories, but when I see somebody in our suburban neighborhood all by themselves, far away from anyone, wearing a mask, and I, and I look and I go, what level of fear, 
whether they're fearful for others, they think they're going to somehow give COVID to people who aren't really around, or um, or they're scared for themselves. I'm not too sure, but it does seem to me that so much is being driven by fear. And as I said, this is an issue for me. This is one of the reasons why I'm so interested in this, because I want to be free from fear. I, I believe that we should be wise, that we do need to take the right kind of precautions when there's serious danger, but we should not be driven by fear. And so what I want to do is I want to take a look at a couple of passages. The, the Bible speaks to this issue quite a bit, as you, you're probably aware, but there's two passages I want to look at that I think uh, you're going to find helpful. They're helpful to me. Uh, before I get into that, there's something that my family doctor said, I don't, I don't want to forget uh, to, to mention this, and it was very early on. It might have been even late February. Um and uh, things were beginning to brew COVID-wise. And he made this comment that stuck with me ever since. And what he said was, with regard to the the developing precautions and restrictions that were happening, he said, this is a secular society's response to such a crisis. And that comment has been turning and turning in my mind ever since. Now, it's possible when he said, this is a secular society's response. He was talking about a society that's become fundamentally atheistic and agnostic, where God doesn't really have a place. Whether he understood secular in in the in in its true meaning, secular has to do with the removal of things spiritual from things material. So you could have people that still believe in God, they're 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 interested in spiritual things, but the, their understanding of spiritual things, their understanding of God and, and, and the Bible are not to affect the, the public sphere. And, and so at one time, if we would have a looming threat like an, an epidemic or a, or a pandemic, um, even governments in the, in the Western world would call for a, a national day of prayer and fasting, that sort of thing. Uh, Going to God, going to religious leaders to get answers would be the normal thing to do. But that's not what's happening in today's secular society. In today's secular society, God is not is not given thought. We go to the experts. We go to the, the, this, the scientists, the medical experts, and they're the ones that all the, the responsibility for getting us out of this mess. We put the responsibility on them. And also we live in a day where we have become so enamored with technology and we we trust that technology is going to solve all, everything from our inconveniences and, uh, to our disasters, that tech, technology and know-how um, is, is going to solve everything. And so that's what we go to. We Basically, we turn to ourselves uh, for, for help. Um, as people who believe in the God of the Bible and believe the Bible is his word, going to ourselves, going to the science, the science, scientists have a place. Technology has its place. I wouldn't be able to do this without science and technology. I'm very grateful for these discoveries and these tools. But we shouldn't be going to to ourselves. We shouldn't be going to our tools as our first resort of, of help, especially something as potentially serious as a deadly disease. 
we need to be going to God. So let's we're going to look at a couple of passages. Uh, we're going to look at the first six verses of Psalm 91, and I'll read it. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. We'll come back to that. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. So the Hebrew word here for pestilence, which is dever, it's a little bit like devar. It seems devar is word. It, can, it means things that have to do with things spoken. Uh, but there seems to be another word similar that is derived from the understanding of, of, of disaster. And it looks here as if it's dealing with a deadly plague, something like the potential that, that, that we believe is in COVID. And here, the, the writer of this psalm is, is saying that God delivers his people from danger. Now, we know that, uh, that bad things happen to, to good and godly people. But fundamentally, we have a father who is in heaven, who is given of himself for us, and that is most greatly expressed through the giving of his son who died for us and has rescued us from death and 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 judgment and here the psalmist who may not have a clue of some of the things that we now know in the messiah is making the statement that those who are, who belong to god um abide in his shadow he is with us. He is caring for us. And we could we could trust him. And we could trust him to protect us from great danger. And those of us who have a more fuller biblical understanding by knowing God's um, ongoing revelation through the pages of the New Testament, we understand that we are, even if the worst of the worst happens to us, and we die, that we are in God's care. But I don't see myself or many like me, never mind government and other authorities, relating to this threat as if we're safe and secure in the arms of God. I don't expect that from people who don't know the Lord. But I do expect that from those of us who do, like from myself. So Honestly, I feel ashamed when I'm afraid, and I know that I shouldn't be. So I confront myself. I confront myself with, with the word of God. This is a psalm that's telling us that um, God takes care of us amidst hidden threats, hidden threats. Now, most of us are going to meet our doom in, in this age, not from covid but from something else. But we don't have to fear any of those things, COVID included. You know, one of the, the things that have, have really affected COVID policy and COVID attitude has to 
has to do with early on when we were told that we could that people could be carrying covid without expressing any symptoms ever and so never before have we we have been instilled with fear that everybody is this potential threat and so that there were people uh grandparents that hadn't seen their grandchildren for a year or more because they were taught that their their grand their precious grandchildren were potential killers now i i'm not going to get into all the, the the science and this and the studies with regard to whether or not that's true or not but let's say that is true let's say that is true my wife had decided now she really believed that she was healthy enough and has been healthy enough uh that covid was not going to affect her right or wrong and you know i know there's all sorts of stories but one of the things that i saw was that it was more important for her to be in in contact with her grandchildren than to anything to do with covid so it came down to that she was willing to die and i thought i've thought about that quite a bit and i've really wondered i've i've seen some of the decisions people have made in staying away from each other in one case uh, i i know of an elderly gentleman healthy most of his life and um he had come down with nothing to do with covid uh prior to covid uh came down with various ailments common for somebody of his age um and so there he was and then as things began to open up uh, and then close down again it was around around the fall of of last year um he had an opportunity to to one of his children were going to come over for for an occasion um I can't remember now if it was Thanksgiving or Christmas time and so they decided that they would come over and have a meal and they'd be all careful and all the rest and I wanted I asked the the wife if they were going to allow the daughter to hug the father and I got this kind of oh, I don't know and all I could think of nothing to do with covid this might be the very last time that she'd be able to hug her dad I feel like crying now and look what's happened to us we're making decisions on fear now of course then there's the government regulations and i hope we're going to get to that another time soon um, and and as faithful followers of the messiah we need to take that seriously uh but then there's the, then there's the fear factor and to think of what we haven't done just because of fear now in, in the end you and i have to make these decisions as followers of the messiah are we making them because of out of an understanding of our relationship with god or are we being driven by fear and so the other passage is one that was brought to my attention uh, just a, a comment uh from um a friend of mine who uh, he's a retired engineer takes these things really really seriously in fact he was he was all concerned about covid before anybody was he was buying masks um uh, the 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 high end masks um before before anybody else was and he was feeding me information about the growing threat of the of this thing and at some point as he was um observing how people were relating to the covid issue and we would talk and he would just throw out this comment he says it's a theological issue it's a theological issue and then he wouldn't explain what that meant and um I'm supposed to understand theology and I'm what kind of theological issue and then some other time we're talking and again he goes we're sparrows and that's all he said 
and sparrows. Well, I, I know the reference. And it's like, oh, I get it. Matthew 10, verses 29 to 33, Jesus is speaking here. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. So this tells us that God's children are treasured by God. We never escape his notice. There's no oops with God. Oh, I missed that one. And this goes back to what my doctor was saying. This is a secular society's response to such a crisis. We're not facing this as people who know God, our loving Heavenly Father. That if, in whatever we're doing, and even when we make mistakes, and we do something a little foolish, God is with us. He's promised to be with us. Now, I'm not saying that we should go out of our way to do ridiculous, foolish things, but is God taking care of us or not? And if he is taking care of us, how then are we supposed to look at something that's a true threat or a potential threat? Now, as I've said, I've had a really hard time with this because I have been so afraid. I'm generally afraid, but I'm not going to let myself off the hook. I'm going to confront myself with the truth of Scripture. And so it's not a surprise, biblically speaking, the antidote to to fear is faith. Now, if you've heard me talk about faith before, you've heard me say that both in the Hebrew Old Testament and the Greek New Testament, the words that we translate faith or belief actually mean trust. And also, in Hebrew, the word for faith is related to the word for truth. And so faith is a reliance on what is actually true. Now, I talk about COVID confusion. There has been so much talk and so much opinion and things have changed and confusing things all the way, all the way along. But what we know is true is the words that I read from the book of Matthew, that we're worth more. We're not actually sparrows that God cares about. We're worth more than sparrows that we don't have to fear. God's word is true. And we can entrust ourselves to him no matter how dangerous the situation might be. Again, this doesn't necessarily uh, automatically tell us what to do and what not to do, but is or what we is what we do and not do, is it based on a trust in God? And the fact that he cares for us and takes care of us and is with us and we don't have to fear the deadly pestilence. By the way, pestilence, I I, I wanted to mention this earlier because I used to, I I assumed that pestilence has to do with pests, but the English word pestilence has to do with plague. So it's about deadly, major deadly diseases. God has promised to protect us. So then how do we then respond? And how 
whatever our practical decisions must be, if we're going to think biblically, we must not base those decisions on fear. On top of that, there is a far more serious issue, a far more serious infection that we should be concerned about, and we almost never hear about it. We don't hear it from the media, and sadly, we don't hear it from many Bible teachers that much either. The serious infection that affects all of us is what the Bible calls sin. It's how the Bible describes the called the imperfect hu- human nature that we all have. The fact that we're not all, we're not, what's the, t- uh, I'm looking for a, a, a cute expression, but never mind, that we're full of failure, that we're broken. It's, it's, it's the reason why we all die, whether from COVID or anything else. It's because of sin. And there's so much passion with regard to the topic of COVID. I've, 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 I've joked about when I've been having conversations from people and then COVID comes up and then, and then I don't, not that I wear a watch anymore, but like, how long did it take that time before we started talking about COVID again? And it's, we talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and argue about it and, and all sorts of things. It's affecting us in so many ways, but where is the concern for the thing that really should concern us? And it's the fact that our sins our wrongs, our brokenness separate us from God. I want to go back two verses in the Matthew chapter, the Matthew 10 passage that I read that leads into that we're more valuable than, than, than the sparrows. Uh, verses 26, three verses, 26 to 28. This has to do, this whole context is uh, the Messiah is sending his followers out um, to, to proclaim the good news of his kingdom in the land of Israel. And he knows that they're going to get pushback. So he says, so have no fear of them for nothing is covered that will be not, that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops and do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That which should really concern us is that we're out of sorts with God. And there's such an emphasis on the love of God today and has been for many, many years. And it's an emphasis that I need. I can get so adamant about what is true. It's the same same thing as how I've approached COVID. I was more concerned that our family did the right thing than they they got the love and affection that they needed to be able to live life. Um, and, but, you know, we've got to do the right thing, got to do the right thing. And I, I can neglect love. And and it's 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 likely very related to the why I still struggle with fear so much, that, that I don't know God's love to the depth that I should, but I want to. But along with that, still we need to, re- to remember that sin is serious and judgment is coming. And, and maybe you will get COVID. Maybe you will die of COVID. But that shouldn't be your greatest concern because following that, you're going to have to face the, the judge, God, and you're going to have to give an account. And 
now many of you that are are listening or watching this you're probably thinking well but i'm good i've i've got my ticket i'm a child of god but i've been giving a lot of thought lately to how we we treat this this sense of in many cases false security that we have based on our quote unquote faith because the bible is very serious to non-believers and believers alike that we need to take sin seriously and especially those of us that claim to have a, a right relationship with god by putting our trust in the messiah if we take that for granted we're in big trouble if we are are consumed by addiction if we are um if we're not really trusting god there are people that are claiming to be believers that don't act like believers how can you be a believer if you're not acting like a believer? In the book of James, faith without works is dead, it says. I've been working through uh, the first, John's first letter, and he's so adamant that if, if our lives don't reflect the life that we claim to have in, in Jesus, then we don't have that life. We're liars. And it's about time, and maybe this COVID time is a good time to take stock at our lives and are we really are we really right with god because we're not right with god covid is a it, it it's ridiculous to be so consumed about covid if we're not really concerned about our relationship to god the good news is that we could turn to him today as soon as possible reckon with our lives and if we're driven by fear and I wondered that myself. Am I really right with God? And my hope is somebody like myself who struggles with fear so much is I turn to him and I turn to him and I turn to him and I confess my fear to him again and again and again and again. What other choice that I have? Oh, oh, just put it to rest. You, you've confessed that. Well, it's still an issue in my life. I get up in the morning and I struggle and I, and I wonder what's going on and I'm, and I'm, and I won't list all the things that I that I that that I get anxious about, and so I go back to Him. You know, Paul says in Philippians, "Don't uh, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God." With thanksgiving, and the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind in the Messiah Yeshua in Christ Jesus. So, what am I supposed to do with that? Well, every time I'm anxious. I'd be, I have to be praying. So if there's something fundamentally wrong with my faith, all I can really do is turn to God to help me, but not to put up with it, not to, not to, not to, to treat it like a nothing, but to get serious. We need to get serious with our lack of faith. We need to get serious with our fears, and we need to get serious with our sin. And that's way more important than than covid and all the restrictions what we do about that and arguing about vaccinations and arguing about this are, are, are we breaking relationship because of covid like look at us are we breaking relationships because different opinions on vaccinations look at us what are we doing are we putting first things first now covid is is serious enough to to deal with so are a lot of other things. The vaccination issue is something we need to deal with. Government regulations, something we need to deal with. But we're not going to be able to deal with them as biblically minded people if we don't put first things first. 
we need to trust God and not fear. So what do you think? Are you, are you, if you're struggling with fear, write me. I'll pray for you. If you don't agree with what I've been saying, write me. We'll have a discussion. Pray for me as I, work, I seek to work through these things and lead my family and others, other people that look to me for biblical guidance. Because I want to know the truth more than anything else. I want to know the Lord more than anything else. And so please uh, comment in the comment section. You can email me at comments at uh, thinkingbiblically.org. And we'll leave it at that for now. And so until next time, this is Alan Gilman for Thinking Biblically.